This is a Radio 1 91FM podcast. A new study by the Department of Women's and Children's Health here at the University of Otago outlines the struggles and experiences of low-income solo mums to provide food for their families. Previous research has shown that 19% of New Zealand children are living in households which experience severe to moderate food security. This study, published in Journal of the Royal Society of New Zealand, explores the reality of women skipping meals, neglecting their personal health, and the stress they experience to feed their families. We are now joined by Dr. Mavis Duncanson, Senior Lecturer with the Department of Women's Health at the University of Otago, to tell us more about this issue and what can be done to support households experiencing food insecurity. Kia ora. Kia ora. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So food insecurity is described as limited and uncertain access to sufficient nutritious food and it has damaging effects on health and well-being. This research was focused around the day-to-day reality of single-parent households in New Zealand struggling with food security. What were some of the significant findings? The significant uh, findings were, first of all, actually to hear those voices of lived experience. I think that was... that was part of the motivation for undertaking the project. And I want to emphasise that this was a student project. So uh, Dr Grace McCauley, when she was still a medical student, uh, undertook this work as a summer project. Uh, and the um, and as she looked through the literature, she realised that there were, not, there were some, but there were really not a lot of accounts of that day-to-day experience uh, of women. Uh, so, so she chose to um, interview women who were parenting alone and who had used uh, charitable um, sources to get to uh, feed their family. So the, some of the key findings, well, I think the key finding actually was that the single underlying issue was a lack of adequate income. So that households, particularly households who were eligible for and receiving financial assistance from the government did not have enough money to uh, to allow their children uh, to thrive and, and to have all of the uh, health and education and other benefits that, that you would want for them to have. Um, some of the other themes that came forward were actually looking at the ways that that um, these households did manage to cope uh, and and also looking at some of the negative effects of food insecurity, both for the parents and for the children. So what are some of these negative effects and also the long-term implications for families which are or have experienced extreme food insecurity? So some of those negative effects, um, the and these... Um, these were all these women were all mothers, obviously. Um, so the the women uh, often went without themselves. So they would miss meals and they would neglect their own health uh, in order to make sure that their children had something to eat. Uh, and they talked about missing doctor's appointments, um, about not being able to afford personal hygiene products for themselves, which then meant that they had to restrict their own uh, activities. They were often tired and feeling run down and exhausted. I think underpinning all of that 
with the actual day-to-day stress and anxiety associated with wondering how they would be able to make ends meet and how they could actually balance um, all of the stresses upon them. And we know that for children growing up in an environment uh, of stress and anxiety, that's a very toxic environment and affects children's outcomes in terms of their development, their ability to participate in education. Um, The women themselves said they worried about their children's exposure to financial and emotional stress from such a very young age. When they should be carefree, um, they were very aware that their mothers were, um, were anxious and stressed about providing for them. How is food insecurity developing and changing with the current cost of living conditions in Aotearoa? And that's the unanswerable question right at the moment because all of our sort of mechanisms for measuring this are through administrative surveys um, and obviously they take time to process. Um, So the most recent New Zealand Health Survey was to the middle of last year. Hopefully the 2021-22 results will be out soon. Um, So we don't... We don't have these kind of consistent measurements about what's happening. We've certainly all of us heard about the increased cost of living uh, that's occurring. And while that's obviously affecting every household, we're all having to tighten our belts a bit and um, and be a bit more careful about our budgeting uh, What we haven't seen is the effect on households that were already struggling uh, to have the basics. Um, So in in terms of actual data, we are um, obviously still needing to see what comes forward in the most recent uh, surveys, but certainly looking at the anecdotal reports from social service agencies, the the requirements for people or the the need for people to actually seek assistance uh, does seem to be increasing. What does the prevalence of food insecurity um, mean for the wider community? A very good question. Um, when, When we sit down as a research team to think about this, the, well, I think there was a comment from one of the women, or some of the women, wondering how it is that in a country like New Zealand they could have such an enduring struggle to uh, to have the basics for themselves and their children. And it does seem, it seemed to us that one of the key issues was that we seemed to, as a society, tolerate this degree of of inequity, um, of having households with such extreme uh, hardship. Um, and and I think there is a need. It, it's one thing to describe the experience, and I think it's really um, fantastic that Grace has done this. And there have, have, have obviously been other studies in New Zealand that have looked at similar questions and describing the experience. But what we really need to understand is that what is it that is blocking us? What is it that is stopping us from taking the kind of action as a society that would actually mean that every child enjoys um, 
great food that every child, every household is able to, I think in your words right at the start, to, en- to have enough food, to have food that's delicious and nutritious and that the household can has got the resources to get that food uh, in a way that is, maintains dignity and self-respect. So what needs to be done to support households experiencing food insecurity in New Zealand right now? I said earlier that the the main underlying cause was a lack of income and uh, I know that the government has made significant changes and increases to to, um, to lowest incomes but these have not actually been sufficient to meet the needs of those households. So having uh, having um, adequate income, whether that's from employment or whether that's from government assistance, is really important. Looking at what we can do as a society for our whole food chain to make sure that food is affordable. Uh, we're an agricultural nation and it seems um, it seems really troubling that we have on the one side severe hunger and on the other, uh, and food insecurity, and on the other side we have food waste. So somehow finding some balance between uh, between those two. And I think further, the key issue seems to be to break this generational cycle so that we bring into into put into place policies that ensure that every uh, every household has what they need to thrive. Thanks so much for coming on and talking with me. It's a great pleasure and just reiterating this was a student project and great scope for students to investigate an issue in their communities uh, and to then have this coming forward into the public domain. Thanks for listening to Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.